Hello, and welcome to Getting It Done, a podcast about music education and life lessons. I'm your host, Tim Rausenberger, and today is Monday, February 5th, 2018. This is episode 229, General Music Lessons and musical recordings to apply to the academic subjects. At the turn of the century, there was a major shift in thinking as it related to the educational system. This was the case all around the world, but especially in the United States. There were calls for new systems to evaluate teachers. There were calls for more standardized testing and a greater emphasis on the academic subjects, more specifically math and language arts. Over the past few years, this has maintained its course, but has changed a bit as many districts are scurrying to try to incorporate STEM or STEAM into their school districts. Today, we're going to examine different musical recordings, pieces of music that can be used in any music class, honestly could be used in any classroom setting, as well as general music lessons to show that you are doing anything and everything in your power to both be a team player and to help out your school district in its mission. There are so many pieces of music that can be used to support certain subjects. And I'd like to start today with science. One of my favorite pieces of music to incorporate with science is The Planets by Gustav Holst. The Planets was composed in the early 20th century by Holst at a time when Pluto was not even known or at least its existence as any type of entity planet, dwarf planet, or anything related to that. And he also made the decision not to compose a movement called Earth. My best guess would be that we already have an idea about the Earth. And these were educated guesses based on his knowledge at that time 
of the planets in the solar system. It's a wonderful, excuse me, it's a wonderful piece to play in class uh, the two planets which will almost undoubtedly be the favorites of the students will be Mars and Jupiter. They are very commonly used for many different purposes. Mars can also be used, of course, to show its impact on soundtracks and all of the different movies associated in any way with space. Everything is wonderful about the planets. The whole concept of a composer writing music about what he feels a planet would sound like or would appear 100 years ago using that knowledge. You could take that knowledge and apply it to today. Would you change any parts of the music? Is there an information we've now gained over the years which would influence how certain parts of the movements would sound? Let's jump to math. One of my least favorite things I hear often from people is math and music are related. They're really not. That's such a myth and it really is a lot of nonsense. If you want to say that math and, well, excuse me, music and third grade math are related, I guess so. Because breaking down time signatures in relation to fractions and counting the number of beats in a measure and figuring out how many beats eighth notes get and how many you could actually put into a measure, if you really want to put that into math as math, it's a stretch. It's certainly not critical thinking. It's certainly not higher order thinking. A better way to take something associated with math would be this. And this was a wonderful aha moment I had, ironically enough, while I was uh, having a prep period very early in my career. Many people have heard of the golden mean, 0.618 or 61.8%, depending on how it's being applied. Usually... Uh, is applied in some way to some type of artwork or something in the arts. But there have been many composers over the years who have written pieces of music and not intentionally spotted the moment in a piece of music that is 61 0.8% of the way through the piece. 
you could work on that number in relation to two different things. The number of measures in a piece of music or the minutes and seconds in a piece of music. My example and my aha aha moment occurred one day when I was listening to Felix Mendelssohn's Symphony Number no. 4, known as the Italian Symphony. And I'm listening to the piece, and there's this fantastic, to me, breathtaking moment that occurs where there's this build a little more than halfway through the piece, this build, and it's driving, and it's driving, and all of a sudden, as the orchestra erupts, the timpani comes in, and the timpani just pounds away. And the piece finished, and I looked at the minutes and seconds that had passed, and I quickly did a calculation to figure out where would 61.8% of the way of the piece, where would that minute and second mark be? Now, you have to keep in mind, of course, every recording is different. Some conductors go faster or slower. But as it turned out, for this particular recording, when I calculated that amount and I came up with the minute the second mark, which I don't have in front of me at the moment, I know that when I fast-forwarded to that spot in the music, it was the precise beginning of the measure where the timpani entered. And boy, was I excited. To be able to share that with a student is powerful, but you're also allowing the student to use their math skills. That's high-order thinking. This is a way for students to be able to figure out pieces of music, works of art, how they've been constructed, how math does play a role in terms of the golden mean. When it comes to language arts, there are several things that you can do. Certainly, you can listen to pieces of music and ask the students to write about the, the music. There are so many different forms of writing examples a person could teach and would be able to assist uh, their colleagues with writing in that regard. You may not always want to use classical music, however. You might wish to take other styles of music. After all, classical music is not the be-all, end-all. I think this is a mistake made too often in schools as a whole, whether it be band, chorus, or general music. That students come to school and they start hearing this music which just comes off as classical sounding. Take a piece of music that's current, screen the lyrics, and write about it. You can write about how the music makes you feel. 
You can write about this song in relation to other songs by the same artist. You can compare and contrast two different songs. Compare and contrast a Katy Perry song as opposed to a song by Schubert. These are terrific ways. They're fun. They're different than some of the topics they may be asked to write in the language arts classes. One of my favorite examples of all time was a piece of program music called In the Steps of Central Asia by Alexander Borodin. What makes the music great is the story that comes with the music, the actual program notes guiding you through the music. However, my teacher, when I was in college, didn't present it that that way. Instead, he played the music for us with the lights off, with our eyes closed, and asked us to say nothing, to write nothing, to do nothing. Just take it all in. And then the second time through, we listened again and tried to come up with possibilities as to what this piece of music was all about. Come up with a story. And I can tell you that none of our stories were even remotely close. But that's the beauty of music, especially music that's all instrumental. It gives students the opportunity to be creative. It gives them the opportunity to write fiction. And when I have used this particular piece of music, depending on the grade, depending on the type of writing I want them to do, sometimes I give them the parameters I may talk about the caravan. I may talk about the village. I may talk about the movement of the caravan as well as the origins of the melodies. In that regard, you can also tie it into history. When it comes to history and it comes to social studies, There are so many ways to go. I see people all the time asking, are there any songs out there that are better than or are simply not the 50 nifty United States? Which is a tremendous tune. When it comes to history, you have so many different ways to go. You may wish to find pieces of music that have a narrator along with the instrumental accompaniment. Pieces of music like the Lincoln Portrait of Aaron Copland. These are powerful pieces of music that also incorporate 
historical elements to perfection. I urge you to be as creative as possible. If you have questions about lessons, ideas that you're searching for, ways to incorporate this into your class, I, I urge you to reach out to me. I have done so many things over the years because I really like to think outside the box and come up with things to be able to help the school community. Don't wait for them to come to you as a music instructor. You go to them. Offer your suggestions. Offer your ideas. Even the gesture alone will be sincerely appreciated. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And let's continue to promote the arts in a positive way by associating it with the academics and all elements of humanity.